Hey everyone, welcome back to another podcast episode. This is Israelitis. I don't know if you can tell my voice if I'm excited or terrified, but I'm going to be sharing, I guess, another testimony. I didn't think I would share it for a very long time, but I guess I'll be sharing that today. And I didn't think I was going to actually upload anything until like another week or another couple days or whatever. So here we are. So, hold on. <laughs> okay, so, sorry, I just sneezed and I t- was drinking water. That was funny. Took a drink of water and then, bam, I sneezed. So, anyway, <laughs> sorry if my nose sounded a little funny. So, um, today's kind of a touchy subject, but it is very personal for me. And... The Father brought me through it, which I'm going to read exactly what I wrote down to keep it simple. But also the Father, you know, he can move at the same time. But, like, I'm not all over the place like I was about to be before making this. That he was like, just write it down. And I was like, okay, fine. You know, I'm getting all excited to make it, even though nervous at the same time. But anyway, um, so, if you can tell by the title of the episode, I don't really know what I'm going to title it. But, um... But hopefully you'll, you know, won't shy away from the title or anything like that. I don't know what I'm going to call it. Once again, I have no idea. But anyway, um, so let's get started. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your kindness and your mercy. I thank you so much for this opportunity to give this word out and this um, more so testimony and what you've revealed to me about this topic that I'm going to be sharing according to your will and i thank you so much and love you with all my heart with all my soul and i pray that those who need to hear this that they'll be encouraged and knowing that they're not alone and i love you in the name of yahweh jesus i pray hallelujah con all right so i know i did start dancing and singing huh but anyway (laughs) i'm very nervous so bear with me and it's like really early in the morning so Here we go. I'm going to read exactly what I wrote. Oh my god, I'm so nervous. Okay. Modesty and sexual integrity are touchy or tough topics from a female perspective. Females are sexualized to the point that modesty is only instructed to women as if men are off the hook. No, I'm not a feminist, but I am passionate to break down stereotypes. So women are told to cover up everything to help our brothers in Christ. But the same brothers in Christ are shirtless. These are small but significant examples of the idea men are turned on, quote-unquote, turned on by sight, so women must be modest. On the other hand, we ignore the women who are also turned on, quote-unquote, by sight as well. Even though women are emotional beings, we still have eyes and we can see body shapes of men that might cause us to stumble too. A lot of a lot of scriptures like 1 Corinthians 8:13, Romans 14:13 through 23, 1 Timothy 2:9 through 11, and 1 Peter 3:1 through 6 and Proverbs 7 are mistranslated, and so many say women are the problem, which we will read those in a moment at the end after I finish reading. I am a woman, so it seems that I'm a little biased, but I actually used to believe to dress so I wouldn't cause someone to stumble. I used to think covering my head with a scarf and wearing enough clothes would stop men from lusting. I thought I was doing great, but after a while I started to feel frustrated, disgusting, um, and condemned because I was trying to overcome sexual thoughts during that time of 
the time of 2020 and 2021 as well. I struggled to the point thinking I had to keep looking a certain way to not cause men to stumble that even the clothes I wore I still felt wasn't covering enough. I was in anguish and despair that I hated God. I hated God because I felt like being a woman was a burden because I had to cover up or, or men will lust. Or it will be my fault if men are struggling with sexual morality. I didn't know that I was turning so far away from him that I lost myself and my identity in Christ. I lost my entire mind and at the same time trying to fight sexual thoughts without God. Every day I felt worthless or I thought I was just going to be a hot mess until God does something. Um, so I thought I, I knew that I was going to be a hot mess until God would until it, unless God does something. So one day it was a Sabbath and I was losing my mind fighting demons I didn't know about that could that could have possessed me but I had to fight so I can get my parents to help me. After that, I returned to believing in Christ and, and praying fully in the name of Yahweh Shai, in the name of Jesus. And the Lord gave me baby steps, and now here I am, feeling so good and knowing I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. It feels good in that, yes, males and females need clothes on, lol. <laughs> but I've learned it may also look different for everyone, and, and depending on your culture, background, and many other um, topics that could... Uh, like depict your um, clothing sorry that was like such a weird way of saying it if the Lord convicts you of an outfit then great but let's not try to do it for someone else but do it for the Lord I know that this is a strange topic or conversation but know that y'all wanted me to y'all wanted me to share this with you with you all and here I am I'm here to, to declare that my, my identity comes from y'all and no one else can take that away now this is intense. Oh, this is so intense. And when I was writing this down, I was like, wow, I didn't realize what I was going through. I didn't realize the root of it until I was writing it down. And I was just like, wow. And so um, I've been also praying like, Father, why did I get to the point that I was just feeling worthless or feeling so horrible? that it rooted in modesty topics and stuff so if you feel very discouraged I hope this encouraged you to know like whatever anyone says to you about what you're wearing uh, go to the father pray to him like father what does your word say you know like you know um, am I condemned because of this or am I this because of that like you know just really asking the father questions and talking to him and not you know necessarily believing everything everybody else says you know i'm not saying once again be naked free every free you know everybody woohoo no please don't do that i beg you <laughs> i do not want to see anything um and i'm sure no one else wants to either but um but the moral of this is that modesty is both for male and female um but um Hmm. But I know that there's no scriptures to say that males, male, it doesn't show that males are, you know, to be modest or something like that. And, but, um, but yeah, there's a lot of, um, also a lot of history that goes into this that I wasn't going to say, but I guess I'll be saying it now that also, you know, in the Western culture, that's the idea of women to them, like, and even in Greek and Roman culture, in the, 
New Testament, how um, even just in general, the Old Testament, I don't know if you like all the whole Bible, honestly, women were sexualized, to be honest. But anyway, how um, in the Roman and Greek culture, how the men thought the women were the ones that were going to be sexual and all this stuff. But it was really the men who were the ones doing it. So it's just so many things that and that were passed on down, obviously, in America, because, you know, um, but yeah, anyway, passed on in America and just how, you know, women are so sexualized to the point that it's, it's their fault. It's our fault. And it's not, you know, um, I'm not saying like some people can be promiscuous and be all seducing. I'm not saying like there's not people out there or like there's not men out there who do that too. But I'm just saying people who are just wearing clothes and stuff or whatever. And they're just like, oh, it's your fault because you wore this. It's like, what? I, what? You know, it just... It is not right. <laughs> it is wicked and it is an abomination. But the scriptures that are misused a lot that um, I've noticed that people use to say like, it's always the women, it's always the women, just based on these scriptures. Um, Proverbs 7, um, I think that is about the... It's so funny, I didn't even make sure I reviewed the scriptures first, but it's fine. Um, it's about wisdom. And Proverbs 7 is about wisdom and just to keep wisdom. And then it talks about this harlot that comes out of thin air and how to stay away from her. But I always thought this scripture was about um, an actual prostitute because my understanding of the whole pattern of Proverbs 1 all the way through 7 and as you continue to read... I thought like oh randomly a prostitute because I thought like um I thought it was just about how a woman you know it's always the woman you know I, I I've always was wondering I was like but how is this about a prostitute out of nowhere I've always wondered that question the father is always gonna answer your questions but I just always was like yeah you know you know what women or something else you know I always you know was that person and in um, Proverbs 7, um, I'm going to read a little bit of that. Let's read verse 1. Let's start at verse 1 and then read through 5. It says, My son, keep my words and treasure my commands within you. Keep my words and live, and my law is the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Say to wisdom, you are my sister, and call understanding your nearest kin, that they may keep you from the immoral woman, from the, seduct from the seductress who flatters with her words. So with that, I was thinking like, oh, he's giving under like advice about um, like staying away from this seducing woman who's going to cause him to commit sexual immorality, like literal sexual immorality. But the context of Proverbs is wisdom, right? Wisdom is she referenced as a she, right? And um, I never understood that context of Proverbs chapter 7. I, I, this is a random woman just coming out of thin air, a immoral woman. But I never caught that it was the opposite of wisdom. The wisdom of the world, the wisdom of the, like pretty much, like you know how in scripture where it says like, you know, um, how the father always said like adultery, like his people commit adultery against him. And, but he's not literally saying sexually adultery, but like he uses that analogy to describe adultery. And 
I'm sorry. But he used that analogy to describe adultery. And adultery, um, um, they were, you know, serving other gods. They were doing those things, but, like, they weren't literally, like, you know, cheating on God with another, you know, having sex with somebody else. But, like, you know, but it was just figuratively, like, saying you're serving other gods. You married someone else. You cheated on me. And you're doing this. And that's abomination. And this is what Proverbs 7 is saying. And obviously, um, this is not a deep study on that right now, but I would love to do that. It was such a great revelation to find out. I was so excited. I was so excited to find that out. But um, not because I'm like, oh, I'm a woman. Oh, yeah, that's right. Like, no, like, because it was just like something that I just didn't understand. Like, randomly, Proverbs 7, just this harlot comes out of thin air. And I'm just like, what? But like, um, in verse... Five, talking about the, the seductress woman and how people use these scriptures to say like oh yeah the woman is the immoral woman that she's always the one it's her and it's like what I never understood that I like the scripture I, I don't understand why this random scripture has anything to do with that like I never understood that but I always believed it I just was like well maybe it's just what it means whatever blah 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 you know but I knew something was off about it. But I just, you know, you just live your life. You you just don't, you know, when you don't know, you just move on, you know. But, um, but anyway, I recently just got this revelation and it was so cool. And, but anyway, it was about the worldly wisdom, the wisdom of the world. Because, you know, wisdom of the Father is the Torah, the commandments, such as in laws, the, the Mashiach, the word of life, you know. And he is the tree of life. You know, that is another study that I'm excited to talk about. But anyway, the tree of life. And then the immoral woman is the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so, like, all of that jazz, you know, right? And so, that's like the worldly wisdom, the soothsayings, the magic, the whatever else is out there that um, you can name. You know, there's just so many things out there. You know, murder, stealing, you know literal adultery of like actually having sex with someone else's wife or whatever like actually like doing those things you know that's the other knowledge that is immoral the immoral woman the sexually immoral woman and this woman also was married keep in mind that she wasn't just this random prostitute but she was actually married and it's the same analogy how we're married to the father in christ how we're married and she, um this woman in in the um in Proverbs 7 how she's not staying at home right she's not staying in that wisdom she's not staying near her husband which is supposed to be wisdom and same thing with you know us you know in Christ like we're supposed to like same thing with the father it's the same analogy you know the father never changes how you know he wants us to be married to him and not to go to another, not to go to another wisdom, not to go to someone else's wisdom that is nothing to do with the Bible and things like that. And so that's what that scripture is talking about. And I would love to do a deeper study on that, like a really like actual episode on it. Like, but that that's what that scripture is talking about. And um, of course, I don't have like the references and all that stuff because I this is not what this episode is about. But yeah, so keeping everything in context is so important and so yeah that's what 
that first scripture and so many people say oh yeah the women you know now they just wear all this stuff and so now it's the Proverbs 7 woman it's like no <laughs> that is not what that's saying you know but I knew something was off but I'm just really glad that the father revealed that to me and I hope that he opens your eyes to do some studying on your own and just to be like hmm maybe that does but maybe let me just do a little digging you know you know do your own research don't always believe everything someone says you know and then um what other scripture first corinthians eight thirteen. um this one in romans 14 13 through 23 go together but um so this passage is about how um paul was talking about the people of Corinth were sacrificing to idols and eating unto idols and stuff, eating meat unto idols and things like that. And so Paul was saying, like, I would rather not eat meat, so then I won't cause them to stubble, uh, stubble, what? To stumble or, and, and like, oh, I hope that, you know, even then, you know, you may not understand why I'm eating meat, but I'm not eating meat unto the gods, I'm just eating meat. But to them, it's a, they're thinking like, oh, this meat is unto the gods, and he's saying, oh, well, that I'd rather not, and then blah, blah, blah. You know, all this stuff. And so, it's like all these things. And so, then verse 13 says, therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. And so, people use that scripture to define modesty, and I'm like, that makes absolutely no sense. I used to do that, okay? I used to do the same thing. And it, it, it doesn't it doesn't match with it at all. Um, I do understand why they use it. Um, it's understandable, but um, keeping it in this proper context, you would see like it has nothing to do with modesty. Um, I would recommend you know studying it on your own, reading that scripture on your own, and then Romans fourteen. Um, let's see, Romans fourteen is the same topic. Um, it's just a worded a little bit different for the Romans, but it's talking about the same thing, sacrificing unto idols or eating meat and drinking wine and all the stuff, you know, unto the gods. But really, there's only one God, which is Yah, um, the God of Israel through Christ, Yahweh Shah HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. And so, sorry, I'm like out of breath, but so, um... Okay, I'm getting a little timid because I hear people awake. But let me stop doing that. Okay, sorry. Let me get in it. Sorry, Father. Anyway, so um, so it says in Romans 14, 21, It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. And so people use that scripture to say, Oh, it's the woman's fault. Oh, don't cause him to stumble. Uh, cause him to stumble. Oh, it's only you, honey. Like it's you. So that's the scripture everyone uses. But it's talking about, you know, not trying to eat meat if it hurts the brother to not. If they may not see perceive it as eating it unto idols, they may perceive it as eating it unto idols. Like this is a complete opposite of what we use that scripture for. And then, um. First Timothy two nine through eleven, which actually makes more sense than any other of these other scriptures. Uh, First Timothy oops, two nine through eleven. All right, it says in like so Paul is giving instructions of you know how to live, and I'm not sure which city they're in, but that's another study I would love to do. Like I'm still in the middle of trying to figure out where was Timothy. Like why did Paul write this to Timothy? Like where were they? But anyway. 
So, First Timothy two nine says, "In like manner also that the women that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel with propriety and moderation, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or costly clothing, but which is proper for women for women professing godliness with good works." So what I've learned is that in that time and there's the bougie people and then there's like the people that weren't bougie honestly the poor people and so during that time the status was you know your what you wore and like things like that and um and what you wore you know depicted if you were rich or whatever and so paul is trying to fix that saying uh no that doesn't matter what matters is your heart and so people use that to say oh it's the woman's fault this is the reason why you know but that scripture is not talking about what we think it's talking about and so with that scripture it's is breaking down the idea like because you have to think about during that time that um it wasn't everyone's being naked and walking around like today you know but like everyone was you know the whoa sorry i thought i saw a bug scared but anyway during that time the women were just you know flashy but it's not bad to be flashy but they thought that they were all that in the bag of chips that was their status because certain like you know jewels and stuff made your status like certain things that you wore was your status according to the roman culture and just greek culture in general it, it was just like your status so if you had that on you were all that in a bag of chips but paul was like uh, uh no sit down act like you got some sense no 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 so that's what that scripture is talking about if you do you know some research some studying because i i got this from books um i personally um did not have that prepared but um one of the books that i recommend is called i don't agree with everything in these books by the way you have to know bible know the bible the father always confirms to me the like the bible with a source that lines up with his scripture if it's something in here that i'm like uh no that is not the bible i am so sorry about that but that does not make any sense then i move on and say okay well i don't receive that but that was good to hear you know hear that perspective of that but then you know if it's something else i'm like oh father you showed that to me before you know just all this stuff but this book is called the Greco-Roman world of the New Testament era, exploring the background of early Christianity by James S. Jeffers. And I'll put it in the description below as well. And then also another book that I obviously don't agree with everything, but it's called Paul, Women and Wives, Marriage and Women's Ministry in the Letters of Paul with a new preface, Craig S. Keener by Craig S. Keener and so I'll put that in the description as well and so that's really fun so that's where I got this information from and so um just know like research is so important going into this but um but yeah many people use that scripture to say oh well women you know it's your fault because you're the one that's not in modest apparel you know blah blah, blah. but um but um but just you're the one that's not you know you're the Proverbs 7 woman, the harlot, you know, and just like all these things. And it's just like very hurtful. And, um, and of course, these are not all feelings. I, I promise you guys, this is all the father. He revealed this to me and I'm really glad he did. But, but anyway, um, I'm gonna come back to the scripture again. And then 
first peter 3 and then also i've learned that first timothy 2 9 through 11 and first peter 3 1 through 6 go together i've learned the father taught me how scriptures all go together nothing is contradictory to itself like you know how in scripture first corinthians 8 13 and 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 romans 14 it talks about romans 8 and romans 14 talk about things sacrificed unto idols meat sacrificed to the idols that we should not do that only one god you serve one god all this stuff they all go together like paul never says anything new P peter says things that what isn't you know what paul would say, or you know the torah you know all this stuff like all of them said things that were all correlating together it was nothing separate from each other so first peter 3 1 through 6 this is so fun i'm sorry i'm like having a good time i'm like really in this y'all i'm like really in this zone anyway <laughs> father got me excited okay so first peter 3 verses 1 through 6 says wives likewise be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in El also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Sarah. I mean, <laughs> I'm so sorry. As Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are if you do good and are not afraid with any terror. And then he talks about the husbands and all that jazz later on. But anyway, so everything correlates together. And so he's talking about the heart. You know, the women were all about the outward appearance and about what they looked like, the flashiness. And just like, you know, they thought they were all that in a bag of chips because, because they, that's the status. That's what they were known in that culture, the culture of i don't know what culture actually peter i don't really know what city you know he was in and who he was talking to i'm not quite sure i wonder if it says it in the beginning in chapter one um yeah it actually says in first peter one um one it says peter an apostle of jesus christ to the pilgrims of the dispersion in pontus galatia cappadocia asia and bithynia elect according to the foreknowledge of god the father and sanctification of the spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of yahweh shai hamash of yahweh shai hamashiach grace to you and peace be multiplied so yeah those cities and so those cities you know some places were bougie some places weren't but like um some parts were bougie and he had to correct that like women listen like i understand you love your flashy things but let's not be arrogant you know let's not be prideful in these things and so like these both first Timothy 2 9 through 11 and first peter 3 1 through 6 go together and it makes me so like when the father showed me that that was so fun to realize and i was like oh so they saying the same thing so but yeah anyway but anyway but the moral of this is that I'm not saying be naked because these contexts say it's talking about bouginess and about I eating meat sacrificed to idols. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is that let's not blame women for the um let's not blame anybody, honestly, male or female. Let's not blame each other because um saying, Oh, she caused me to stumble or he caused me to mess up, like, oh, you know woe woe is him <laughs> like he's the one like he calls me the less father like it's like that's not right and then i'm gonna give you an example of how 
the differences of people and this is going to be interesting but the father gave me these scriptures now random scriptures okay so joseph so joseph was a virtuous man you know he feared the father he reverenced yah he you know they knew he was a child of the most high he they knew you know and obviously the story before all the pharaoh stuff and how he um how uh the pharaoh's um or potiphar's wife excuse me not pharaoh potiphar's wife um uh tried to seduce him before that you know his brothers sold him in because they were jealous and like because you know he kind of was boasting just a little bit too much about his dreams you know but you know he was young he didn't know you know joseph oh joseph <laughs> but you know i just i remind myself of joseph all the time i crack myself up i look I look back and I'm like, what a foolish person I was. But anyway, um, I just, you know, sometimes you use those stories to be like, wow, I'm so silly. Like, why did I do that? But anyway, um, Joseph was sold and Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, you know, seduced him. And let's actually read the story. That would be really fun to read. Do you guys think that? I know we're going to read it together, you know, when I get through the book of Genesis. But, like, we can read that together. Am I right? <laughs> Alright, so it's in Genesis 39. And we're going to start at verse 1 to get some context. And then, um... Yeah. So it'd be one, I believe. Yeah, I'll read until we stop. So it'd be one through 20, most likely. So let's see. Genesis 39, it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Yah was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that Yah was with him, and that Yah made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had. He put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of Yah was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. So he looked good, y'all, okay? Apparently he looked good. <laughs> and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in what is with me in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hand there is no one greater in this house than i nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife how then can i do this great wickedness and sin against god so it was as she spoke to joseph day by day that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her but it happened about this time when joseph went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. And so it was when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, 
that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them saying see he has brought into us a hebrew to mock us he came into came into me to lie with me and i cried out with a loud voice and it happened when he heard that i lifted my voice and i and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside so she kept his garment with her until his master came home and then after that um you know he went to prison and things like that and so yeah but with this passage um I read this because this shows the resisting to temptations. How you can easily blame her like, hey, she's the one seducing me, God. Like, how am I supposed to resist her? How am I supposed to say no, you know? And instead of blaming her, look at yourself and look in the heart of yourself. Like, you know, like how he was so like, no, I cannot do this. Like, I'm pretty sure it was hard for him. She probably looked good, too. You you don't know. You, I, I don't know what she looked like. But she probably looked good, you know? And... So he resisted. He he ran for his life. And that's what we have to do too. And that's what the father's been teaching me, you know. I can't really put it on somebody else, like, oh, they're wearing this, like to the beach, like, oh my god. Oh my I don't I don't have a beach where I live, by the way. I'm just I'm just giving an example. Uh oh my gosh, like I shouldn't be here, all this craziness, like you know <laughs> um but yeah, anyway, it just um but yeah anyway sorry i'm laughing so yeah it just that's that 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 doesn't sound that doesn't um sorry i'm like stumbling all over the place but yeah that that contradicts the bible because we are resisting temptation we're not looking at people sexualized objects or looking at people like oh my god they're wearing this oh my gosh Woo! you know we need to really transform our minds really get in our hearts i'm not saying you know, be un, be just be naked. I'm not saying that. Once again, I keep making a disclaimer because I I just know that it may be that one person that may say, "Oh, I can be naked." Like I didn't say that. Please don't do that. Um, <laughs> please don't do that. But um, how? Um, but yeah, this is how um you resist temptation. You run. You know, you sprint out of there. You get out of there, y'all. Male or female, sprint out of there. And this is a great example for men. You know. You know, running out of there, getting out of temptation. She probably looked good. She probably was very convin convincing. But he was like, man, I cannot do this. And he probably felt so good that he resisted even though he had to go to prison for it. But then, another example. One who failed miserably, unfortunately. Um, and actually, another example that the father revealed to me in the book of Genesis um, which I'm sorry, we still haven't gotten to that part yet, but we're gonna go ahead and you know, jump in there, which is Judah. Judah, um, he was a very good example of that. Which let me find it. Okay, so Judah, this is the story of Judah and Tamar, and so this is chapter. This is like right before the the other chapter I read. It's in Genesis 38, and so how Tamar. Okay, so the storyline is Judah married a, I believe, a Canaanite woman. Yes, a Canaanite woman. And, um, and you know, she bore sons and things like that. But they were all wicked, you know, except one son, you know, but he didn't give. And so they all were dead. They all died because of their wickedness and the father killed them. But the last one, you know, he didn't kill because, you know, uh, Judah, you know, didn't. Um, excuse me, Judah didn't give um, the last son to 
Tamar. And so then Tamar is a widow and all this stuff. And so um, it didn't make seed or anything. So she has no kids or anything. And so Judah, his wife died, you know. And so then Judah's wife died. And then so, <laughs> and then so here we are now in verse 12. Now, oh, I guess this is a part. Now, in the process of time, the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died, and Judah was comforted and went up to his sheep shears at Timnah. He and his friend Hira, the Adolamite, and it was told Tamar, saying, Look, your father-in-law is going up to Timnah to shear his sheep. So she took off her widow's garments, covered herself with a veil, and wrapped herself, and sat in an open place which was on the way to Timnah. For she saw that Shelah was grown, which is Shelah is Judah's um, son, the last son that he didn't give um, to Tamar because he was afraid that, you know, he would die too, you know. But anyway, for she saw that Shelah was grown and she was not given to him as a wife. And when Judah saw her, he thought she was a harlot because she had covered her face. Then he turned to her by the way and said, Please let me come into you. For he did not know that she was his daughter-in-law. So she said, What will you give me? Um, I'm like really hot. Um, I'm sorry. That was like so random. Sorry, I'm like sweating. So she said, What will you give me that you may come into me? And he said, I will send you, I will send a young goat from the flock. So she said, Will you give me a pledge till you send it? Then he said, What pledge shall I give you? So she said, Your signet and cord and your staff that is in your hand. Then he gave them to her and went into her, and she conceived by him. So she arose and went away and led, laid aside her veil and put on the garments of her widowhood. So then, um, hold on. Actually, let's keep reading. Verse 20. And Judah sent the young goat by the hand of his hand, the Adulamite, to receive his pledge from the woman's hand, but he did not find her. Then he asked the men of that place, saying, Where is the harlot who was openly by the roadside? And they said, There was no harlot in this place. So he returned to Judah and said, I cannot find her. Also the men of the place said, There was no harlot in this place. Then Judah said, Let her take them for herself, lest we be shamed. For I sent this young goat, and you have not found her. And so, anyway, um, so they were going to stone Tamar because she became pregnant and all this stuff. And so, but then, you know, she had proof like the staff. It's like as if she knew what she was doing. And so that's another form of trickery in a way. But also, why was Judah having sex with this woman if he knew she was a prostitute? You know what I'm saying? Like, aren't you supposed to be fearing the father, you know? And so that really shows that it goes both ways. Like Tamar, you know, doing something that was pretty wicked, to be honest, like to trick them. But also, um, um, Judah just unaware, obviously unaware of her, you know, being Tamar, but just being wicked in general, just having sex with her, you know, like that's kind of strange, um, to be just going around having sex with people. But, um, <laughs> I'm just saying, but anyway, um, that isn't your wife and so his wife was dead but that's very interesting to me um but yeah that's another example of that and how um sexual morality can come in so many different ways and so that's very interesting and then what was there was one more scripture oh yes david infamous david you know david oh david i'm so sorry david you know david you know, good man, you know, served the father so greatly. 
and then this lovely lady you know her name was Bathsheba and Bathsheba Bathsheba however you pronounce it um let me find the story too um, and so then King David he's king in this chapter um, 2nd Samuel 11 David Bathsheba and Uriah and Uriah is the wife of Bathsheba so he committed adultery hardcore like hardcore y'all but um but yeah I'm not gonna read every single ounce of it but yeah I'm just gonna get the gist of everything and so um yeah here we go. First, uh, not First Samuel. Second Samuel, chapter eleven. It says it happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel, and and they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged Rabbah, but David remained at Jerusalem. Then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed, and walked on the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman bathing. <laughs> And the woman was very beautiful to behold. Like, why are you bathing on the roof? Like, come on. Come on. Like, come on, peoples. I'm just I'm just making jokes. But seriously, though, like, that's so random. She was, um, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent and inquired about the woman. And someone said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Then David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her, for she was cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house. And the woman conceived, and so she sent and told David, and said, I am with child. Oh, that's intense. And then, and so that shows adultery. And, and see, <laughs> I'm not saying it was easy to resist her being butt naked on the, you know, roof, bathing but it just shows that um also when you keep reading um that the judgment was on david yes um um when you keep reading the story david was judged for that you know david you know knew better than that he knew not to do that like you know someone else's wife like that's just so terrible and so he knew better, and the father judged him for that, you know, killed uh, Bathsheba's, you know, she was pregnant and killed the baby, things like that. And so, even though it may seem like, oh, it's punishing her, but it's like, really David, because it's his fault in a way, like, it's unfortunate, but it's true, you know, we have to take, we always say like, oh, why is she the one bathing on the roof? Like, she probably knew what she was doing. I don't really know that background story, but at the same time, the father held David accountable for that because he knew better as king who did the Torah, who knew the law, who practiced the commandments, statutes, and laws, and who knew what he was supposed to be doing, which is not adultery. And so that's why, you know. And same thing with Joseph's story and Judah. Judah, you know, that was a little, Judah and Tamar was a little different, but just understanding, like, he couldn't just stone the girl. It was his fault, too. So ended up technically marriage you know in a way and so they had a kid together so um and then um <sighs> what was i gonna say joseph you know he had to go to prison for doing righteousness which is crazy but you know that's just you know that's life that's literally what people don't understand but you know that's understandable because you know the world promotes immorality but anyway, 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 
the moral of this is that um, we can't blame someone else for our own heart and what we have in our hearts and that my experience with dealing with this and people condemning me for what I wear and how much I'm wearing and I don't know it just feels like I'm just never wearing enough clothes as a woman especially who's curvy a little bit curvy you know and I can't help that I'm a woman you know I, I guess the father built me that way I don't know but you know I try my best to not wear anything too tight or anything that's my conviction and you know I just I try my best you know but like certain things just fit me certain way that I'm like it's not really tight it's just I'm a little thick I guess I don't know around certain areas so I don't know what to do you know I can't stop my body from doing that you know it's my body you know I don't know what to do so um but anyway um and so the same thing you know you can't I can't uh Joseph couldn't stop the Egyptian woman from you know seducing trying to seduce him but he had to run you know David <laughs> oh David that's so sad but like David you know he could have just been like no 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 she's married because they even mentioned it isn't this the Hittite you know um I forgot the guy's name um what's his name Uriah's wife you know isn't that the one you know and so yeah it just shows that it's very important to be accountable for your own actions and the story of Judah and Tamar he had to take responsibility you know you know he couldn't just be like oh it's your fault you know He's the one that laid with her, you know? Um, and so, and plus he was even looking for her too, so, you know? And so, um, but yeah, so, um, I just want you guys to know that, you know, don't feel discouraged. I know that it's really hard topic. I know it's a really frustrating conversation, but please feel encouraged because I, I feel like I deal with this still, like, it's still a struggle for me, but it's like I have to keep transferring my mind to understand, like, it's not my fault, you know, of what I'm wearing. Like, if I'm wearing a dress, it's not to my ankles. It's not my fault because a guy is, like, crazy, you know, or a woman is crazy. Because you have to think, you know, we always say uh, as women, like, oh, don't cause the men to stumble, whatever you know using those scriptures but like what about people who's dealing with homosexuality you know people who are struggling with that what if a woman you know saw me you know what i'm saying like i'm not saying like please see me like please don't like you know i'm saying on both ends like both men and women please don't see me but like you know we don't know what people are going through so um but anyway i wouldn't use those scriptures to just say like Oh, because this scripture says don't wear that and like it says it right there like it doesn't say we couldn't wear that it, 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 it like we make up stuff so we can't do that and I think that's very important and if you feel convicted make that like make that your conviction allow the father to move upon you and you be an example for, for potentially somebody else somebody else may need that you know like oh yeah I just decided to not wear this anymore because the father told me this you know but like you know it's not con condemning you or anything but just because this is what you know he just led me to and they may inspire them you just never know how the the effect may happen but I'm just saying like we shouldn't just use these scriptures and say oh this is why women couldn't this is what this is it like that those scriptures are out of context unfortunately 
And I say unfortunately because it is unfortunate because I almost went through a rabbit hole. Well, almost went through. I did. And then the father brought me back and here I am making this episode that I didn't think I would ever make. But, um, of course, I'm hoping to do a study on wisdom. And then I'm also hoping to do a, like... A more like deeper study on the con uh, some of the content of scripture like you know reading some of the books that I have and like reading it to you guys and like kind of reading a little bit of lines of certain things that the father revealed to me that made sense and like other books that I have from my school that I bought because I knew it'd be really juicy to learn about the Bible and it's been very juicy um, and just like certain things so yeah and so once again I'm not a feminist but I do believe that you know there's no double standard with the father. There's no respect of persons. There's no, you know, uh, wishy-washy with him. He's like, male or female, you better do right or judgment, you know. I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I'm just giving an example of how he is. He's very intense. So, but also he's like male and female, you know. In Christ you are redeemed, you are restored, you know. And so it's just... But also, like, please do right by me. Like, please do right. You know, please honor me. You know, no, don't commit sexual morality. You know, don't fornicate. Don't, you know, commit adultery, murder, you know, steal, all these things. You know, please, you know, walk in the spirit and not the flesh, you know. And so that is the father for both male and female. And I would love to do many breakdowns of many scriptures that are mistranslated, including 1 Corinthians 11. But that's another topic and that i've also misunderstood too but i knew something was missing but you know how you just move on but that's another topic that i would love to do but right now i guess it's not the time i don't know you never know it may come out of nowhere like this video or this episode um but anyway i am done and i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope you know that you are loved and you are cherished and I hope that you know that the father loves you and he cares for you and my podcast is all about the love of the father like he chastens us he you know is disciplining us but he also encourages us he also gives us some motivation you know he's a he's not just oh I'm condemning you I'm sending you to hell like no he's like no listen my child I you can't do this anymore because my bible says this so do this instead like hey here's some scripture to help you you know he's not a god that is going to take something away and just like give you nothing he's going to help you get through the process so anyway that's just really what i want to promote in my podcast a lot like it's not just oh you're gonna burn in hell like it's it's like a process of elimination with the father so anyway um because um but anyway um but anyway, I hope you guys are encouraged by that ending, you know. But anyway, I'm just making jokes. But anyway, um, I hope you guys are encouraged. Please stay encouraged. And I hope that, you know, it passes on to anyone else who needs it. And if you just needed it, that's great. And and uh, just thank the Father for this episode because it's not my glory. It is the Father's glory. And I hope you guys will have a great day, great week, great month, or the great rest of your life. And um, whoever's listening to this, and I love you. With all my heart, um, and in the name of Yahweh Shai HaMashiach, Jesus Christ, hallelujah. Bye, guys. Hey, everyone. So I forgot to mention another scripture that 
I was just thinking like after um, it was over and then I laid down and I was like oh I forgot to mention um, about how um, Adam and Eve's story and how each one was accountable for their own actions um, and so I, I just completely forgot I don't know how out of all the stories I forgot about um, even though it wasn't like technically sexual immorality literal sexual morality but um spiritually it was like adultery in a way um and so i wanted to come on here and um read the story of how the fall happened and um just what the father did you know and so here we go genesis 3 it says verse 1 now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which yah El had made and he said to the woman, Has El indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden. But of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and, she, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they were, I mean, excuse me, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking, walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Yahweh El among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, um, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Then the man said, The woman whom you gave to, me, gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. So Yahweh El said to the serpent, and then he gives them the judgments. Um, and then he gives them the judgments, which I think I'm going to go ahead and read. Yeah, because it's pretty juicy. I know I've already read this chapter to you guys, and so now I'm just going to go ahead and reread that. Um... I forgot where I left off. I'm so sorry. My brain went 100 miles an hour after that juiciness. Um, oh, the woman said, The serpent deceived me and I ate. So Yahweh else said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband and he shall rule over you. Then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Curse is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it. All the days of your life, both thorns and thistles, it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground. For out of it you are taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made 
tunics of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, to know good and evil. And now lest he put out his hand and take also of the tree of life, and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden, and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way of the to the tree of life which is so juicy and so um the the thing that stood out to me was how he called adam first in verse um what verse was it in verse nine he said um then the lord got called to adam and said to him where are you and then he explains you know oh i'm hiding because you know, I heard you coming and I'm naked. And so then as you notice, as you continue to like keep reading and listening, how each one blamed somebody there, nobody took up their own actions. And so no matter what they thought they could do and blame somebody else, they thought they wouldn't get judged either. And so understanding that we have to take um, responsibility for our own actions with sexual integrity and understanding that you know you can't blame somebody else for what they're doing and what they're wearing and all this stuff it's like well you you know you can't really blame people you you just gotta you know ask the father for strength and help because you live in this world you know you gotta ask for strength you know and so i'm not saying once again be naked because in the end it says that in verse 21, also for Adam and his wife, the Lord God made tunics of skin and clothed them. So they they had to wear clothes, you know, since the fall happened. And he knows, you know, people are crazy and things like that. But um, so um, I just hope that this encourages you to understand, like, you know, we can't blame others for our own what's in our own hearts, you know. And so. I think it's just such a beautiful story and the father revealed that to me laying down I was like no I forgot to mention Adam and Eve that has to be mentioned I just knew that couldn't be left out because it's very important that's like the beginning of the beginning you know and so I hope that you guys stay encouraged and know that you know we can't blame others for our own hearts and like what we have in our hearts you know and that we can overcome it by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony that we don't have to stay in bondage or stay um stuck in our own minds and thinking like oh everything is sexual but but not everything is and so just understanding that some people just wear clothes that they think it's fine or that they they feel is like really great for them like they grew up that way and understanding that you can't say oh it's your fault because you're wearing this outfit and that outfit it's like you can't blame them and and i noticed that um once again that in america it's very sexualized all the time so you know it just you, you guys probably not you may not be from america so you may be like girl i don't know what you're talking about but um in america is very sexualized so everything just seems to be sexual but it's just closed sometimes sometimes it's just closed some things are like okay you know we know what that means but like sometimes some people just may not see it that way so we have to we can't blame other people we cannot do that we can't say oh well you know it's their fault because they're not wearing any clothes which i understand you know that must be really hard and difficult but you know we still can't blame them we still can't do that because it's our sin in our own hearts and what we have done that's why the father judged both adam eve and 
Adam and Eve and the serpent. Like, all three. You know, it doesn't matter if the blame game or not. Like, everybody getting judged. So nobody's slipping out of his hands because everybody's equally guilty. <laughs> because everybody sinned. So, um... I just hope that this encourages you, and I'm really excited for this episode. Of course, I'm very nervous to upload it, but I hope this encourages you, and I pray that the Father, once again, will, you know, give you guys some motivation to, you know what? Father, I'm so sorry for blaming other people for my heart, or, you know what, Father, you know, you know, you can ask him, like, hey, you know, this girl talking about modesty and stuff, and, you know, she said, don't be naked, but, you know, she's like, you just know your conviction, you just ask him, like, you know, am I alright, Father, you know, just ask him, you know, um, but don't, like, you know, be obsessively, you know, like, oh my god, oh my gosh, I'm, uh, like, no, like, if you are where you are, that's where you are, and if the Father convicts you, he'll move you, like, he'll lead you in where you need to go and what you need to do so don't kill yourself don't you know bust your neck trying to do something just because of this episode but ask the father what is what you need to do because some um people because i didn't grow up wearing booty shorts i'm just saying once again even once again even though like um when i was younger maybe you know six years old but when i got older i wasn't wearing that you know i wasn't wearing that um but I feel like I never really wore those things. So, yeah, anyway, I never had anything showing my butt or, like, you know, I never had anything just showing my butt cheeks or anything like that. Those are, like, the most basic examples. But those are the examples that are very common and things like that. And so I just, anyway. But, yeah, if you grew up that way, you know, um, it's no condemnation once again. And so just stay encouraged and know that the Father will lead you in what he wants to change in you and what he would like for you to do. And then sometimes maybe like just stay where you are, trust me. Or, you know, he'll just lead you and you'll see um, where he's taking you. So I really hope you guys stay encouraged and know that the Father is so good and his mercy endures forever. I know that that yeah this is a touchy subject but anyway i really wanted to come on here and that was genesis chapter three and i was very juicy i didn't expect to read the whole thing but it was like really short so ended up reading it and so it was very juicy and i really hope that you guys go and study these scriptures you know ask the father for wisdom you know go talk to him about these scriptures that was given in the mistranslations or misunderstanding of scriptures and misquoting scriptures and things like that and like father why do people use this for that you know just like seeking him yourself and not always you know relying on others you know even though i'm saying it it it's good to go and seek him yourself and say, hey, this girl said this, you know, is that, is that right? So I, I really hope that you guys are encouraged and I hope that um, you guys stay motivated in the word and, and really dive deep in the word. Just know that the father is with us, like he is with us and just stay encouraged and yeah I always say that because I really once again want this these podcasts to not be about oh you're gonna burn in hell if you do this you're gonna burn in hell if you do that I really want it to be about a process of elimination and what the father can do in us not oh gosh I'm gonna burn in hell oh no like no it's about father chastens us he's healing us he's restoring us he's transforming us from the inside out he's like really healing us and, and guiding us and leading us so that we may you know walk in his image walk in the way he walks 
and not in our own selfish desires and things like that and what we think is right you know and so that's what I am promoting I used to think that I was going to promote oh hellfire blah 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 abomination all these other things you know but the father was like teaching me and humbling me and making me realize people don't need that all the time like that's just not really comforting to be honest so um and I and I realized like I don't even like that message I don't want to be told oh you're gonna burn in hell if you don't do this and that and blah blah and so if you don't if you murder you're gonna burn in hell now like haha jokes on you but it's like um if you're repenting if you're you're getting restored the father is taking you through a process and you know and so he he will restore you and i'm excited when you believe in christ when you get into that restoration mindset the father will do something and he will shape you in his likeness and it's so amazing how he can do that even now i still feel like man i'm still getting worked on so um because there's like a never-ending working on you like never-ending of the father working on you so i hope you guys stay encouraged and know that once again whatever you're wearing please don't feel condemned like oh my gosh you mentioned booty shorts i'm wearing that oh my gosh like no i'm, I'm just giving examples so please don't condemn yourself or make yourself feel bad just i just came here to give you guys encouragement in my story and what i've experienced with this topic and sexual integrity and modesty and things like that and so i hope that you guys are encouraged i love you guys so much and i'll see you guys in my next one. Bye guys.